Welcome everyone to another great episode of The Cinema Showdown. We are The Cinema Addicts and this week we are bringing to you two great prison films that were made during the 1990s. Both come from Stephen King material and are both directed by Frank Darabont, who is also currently known as the creator or showrunner or used to be showrunner of The Walking Dead. Also with us this week, we have a special guest, Matt, from the Passersby podcast. This podcast is about hearing stories from people that you meet out in the world. So stick around and enjoy. judgment when I stand before God and he asks me why did I did I kill one of his true miracles what am I going to say that it was my job it's my job you tell God the Father it was a kindness you done I know you're hurting and worried. I can feel it on you. But you ought to quit on it now. I want it to be over and done with. I do. I'm tired, boss. Tired of being on the road, lonely as a sparrow in the rain. I'm tired of never having me a buddy to be with. Tell me where we's going to, coming from or why. Mostly I'm tired of people being ugly to each other. I'm tired of all the pain I feel in here in the world every day. There's too much of it. It's like pieces of glass in my head all the time. And that was a scene from the Green Mile with actors Tom Hanks and the late Michael Clark Duncan and this is Cinema Showdown. Alright so this week we have two great prison films The Shawshank Redemption 1994 versus The Green Mile in 1999. So both of these films are based on novels or Short plays from the great Stephen King. Uh, the great, the Green Mile was based on Stephen King's no- novel *The Green Mile*, where the Shawshank Redemption was based off of the short story from Stephen King uh, titled *Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption*. Also, both films was directed by Frank Darabont. So these two films actually have a lot in common. There's actors that um, uh, appear in both films. Um, Another, I think, very similar fact 
about these two films is that they both were up for several Oscars at the Academy Awards and both didn't win one award. So, these are two great acted films and we're going to get into some facts here. So, both films uh, have a long runtime, especially The Green Mile. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption runs a respectable 2 hours and 22 minutes. The Green Mile runs a very lengthy 3 hours and 8 minutes. A very long film. The Shawshank Redemption um, stars Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, Paul, uh, Bob Gutton, William Sadler, Clancy Brown, and Jeff Jeffrey Dumont, who pops up in all of Frank Darabont's films. Uh, the Green Mile stars Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, David Morse, Bonnie Hunt, James Cromwell, Michael Jeter, Barry Pepper, Dave Doug Hutchinson, Sam Rockwell, Patricia Clarkson, and Jeffrey Dumoon, who also was in the Shawshank Redemption, and he is a.k.a. Dale from Walking Dead. <laughs> William Sadler also is in the Green Mile, and you also see Gary uh, Sinise, who was with Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. So both of these are crime drama films, except the Green Mile has also like a fantasy to it. Uh, I, they kind of call it a crime drama fantasy. You know, it's just got this little fictional kind of story plot to it. But both both films have amazing cast. And like I said, they both were nominated for uh, Oscars. The Shawshank Redemption uh, was up for seven. And The Green Mile was up for four. Neither film won an Oscar, which I feel like is a major crime. But let's look into that a little bit. I it kind of crossed my mind. Now I know what the I remembered what Shawshank Redemption lost to, uh, as far as Best Picture. I remember that it lost to Forrest Gump, which is a pretty respectable film to lose to. It's kind of hard, even though I feel like Shawshank Redemption deserves a Best Picture trophy. It's kind of hard to take it from Forrest Gump and say Shawshank deserves it more. That's a tough decision to be choose between these two films. It's just kind of too bad Shawshank didn't come out in like a different year, so it could have won Best Picture too. But I kind of thought, okay, let's see why they didn't win some of these awards. You know, wh who went on to win those awards. So I looked to see who won Best Actor that year, and of course it was Tom Hanks from Forrest Gump. So Forrest Gump was just really cleaning up that year. But I do want to say one thing about that. I was doing some research and I actually saw that they wanted Tom Hanks to be Andy Dufresne in The Shawshank Redemption. I just think that's really funny that he couldn't do it because of his obligations to Forrest Gump and and it's just funny that those two movies would, you know, go head to head together. And that also is kind of a reason why he got the part for The Green Mile because he actually wanted to be in that movie. But like I said, because of Forrest Gump, that's the reason why he could not be in Shawshank and that's why they went with Tim Robbins instead. So, yeah. And Morgan Freeman was nominated for Best Actor. 
uh, Tim Robbins didn't get the Best Actor nominee nomination. It was actually uh, Morgan Freeman, which I kind of feel like deservedly so. He did really a phenomenal job in this film, but Tim Robbins did too. So it Shawshank Redemption lost to Forrest Gump and Tom Hanks for the Best Picture and Best Actor. Uh, it was also up for Best Score, but The Lion King came out that year, and who doesn't remember Akuna Matata and <laughs> some of uh, the other great songs from that soundtrack, Elton John. <laughs> so that's kind of the reason why Shawshank Redemption didn't win any of those big awards. It was also up for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. I kind of feel like it should at least won that one. It was also up for Best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Now, The Green Mile, it was up for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, best Sound Mixing, Best Adapted, I'm sorry, Best Adapted Screenplay. And that year, it lost to... American Beauty for Best Picture, and Michael Caine for The Cider House Rules. I, I really liked American Beauty, so it's kind of hard to take that award away from it and give it to Green Mile. Although, if Green Mile won, I wouldn't have been disappointed either because I really like Green Mile. But I do feel like I, I've watched The Cider House Rules. I don't get what people love about that film. I don't... I don't understand how Michael Caine could have beat Michael Clark Duncan for uh, Best Supporting Actor. But, it is what it is. <laughs> so, that's kind of a little interesting facts there on why these two films didn't win any Oscars those respectable years. And for the box office, uh, the Shawshank Redemption actually only made $28 million at the box office. It was kind of considered a flop, but... A lot of Oscar films don't make a lot of money. Some do, but a lot of them don't. The Shawshank Redemption really didn't become a huge big uh, film as far as money-wise until its uh, home release. It was a really big rental, and when it aired on TV, it pulled in high ratings, and I believe it was like a reoccurring film on like TNT for many years. Uh, the Green Mile was a pretty big successful hit at the box office and pulled in a $136 million. You know, that film starred Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks is a big draw. And then I think people probably seeing how great the Shawshank Redemption was and, it was, and this film was being directed by the same director could have had some influence on its box office. Uh, the Green Mile pulled in $136 million. So it's pretty successful. Another quick couple things before we get started with everything. I also saw that Stephen King sold the rights to Shawshank for only $5,000, and he never cashed the check. So basically, he kind of gave up the rights for free. So that's kind of funny. Also, Frank Darabont, the director of both films, with Shawshank... He would watch Goodfellas, Goodfellas every Sunday while making this movie just to get down the narration, the voiceover, and the passage of time. And it's just kind of funny that when another director uses such an you know iconic movie to make their movie really good. And one of the big things that's remembered for 
Shawshank is Morgan Freeman's voiceover work that he did. And speaking of that, they actually wanted to get someone like Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Paul Newman, or Robert Redford to be in this movie as Red, but they went with Morgan Freeman for the fact that he has like a really calm demeanor and such a great voice. And I don't think they got this wrong at all. Yeah, this movie would have been good if it had Clint Eastwood in it, but Morgan Freeman's part in it, how he brought the role to life, you just you can't take that back. Once that's in your mind, that's you know, it's such a great movie. And also speaking of Morgan Freeman, there's a mugshot that they use in the movie where it shows him younger. They actually use one of his sons for that picture, which I thought was pretty cool that they did. So we are going to get into breaking these films down in our categories now. First story, Shawshank Redemption is about a banker who's sentenced to life for murder of his wife and her lover, despite his claim of innocence. There he bonds with a fellow inmate, Morgan Freeman, while striking a deal with the warden in a money laundering operation. Very good, compelling story. There's a lot more to it, but that's just a little outline there. The Green Mile is about a death row corrections officer during the Great Depression who witnesses supernatural events from one of its inmates, Michael Clark Duncan, who is on death row. So, these are very compelling stories. Uh, it's really hard to pick between which two uh, is a better story. I, I would say it just really depends on do you want a story that's nonfiction or fiction. You know, with The Green Mile, there's more of a supernatural type fantasy to the premise. Michael Clark Duncan's character, um, John Coffey, has kind of these like supernatural powers of healing and stuff and kind of like one of God's angels sent down to earth so it just depends on kind of what's your poison what do, what do you what do you like I I really liked both stories and I think they both have great character depth and they, they're kind of lengthy films so they spend a lot of time getting to know these characters these stories and you know it, there, there's so much depth put into these characters that you really bond with certain characters and you really despise and hate others and they, like I said they're just really good stories I couldn't take off zero points for either one okay so for story I gave both a zero let me tell you why for Shawshank Redemption one of the great things I love about the story, like I said before, is Morgan Freeman narrating it. I felt that it helped drive the story very, very well. The story had lots of great themes in it. One of the th big themes was dealing with people being paroled that have been in prison their entire life for the most part. Morgan Freeman, a.k.a. Red, talks about how these... Prisoners become institutionalized, and there's at a point where they rely on being there because within the prison, they mean something. They're somebody. Out in the open world, they're, they're nobody. I thought that did a great job. At sh they, they did a great job at showing that for the most part. 
also I felt like they did a great job at showing the problems that occur in prison, such as abuse from the guards. I know not all prisons were like this or are like this, but you know, back in the day there could have been where they can get by real easily abusing the prisoners. And also, you know, you always hear about rape going on in prisons, which they show this in the movie. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty good how they deal with that, but I'll get there in a second. So another big thing with Shawshank is that they deal with corruption. Basically, it's the warden that is very corrupted. He uses the prisoners pretty much as slave labor at, towards the end of the movie. One of the ways that he does that is he begins these public work contracts where he uses prisoners as laborers and he does not pay them at all and he, for the most part, pockets all the money. And also there's this one scene where this guy's like, you know, you guys are starting to put me out of business. It would really help things out if you guys didn't do this next project and blah, blah, blah. And he gets a cake, you know, with money in it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it's not really cool for the most part. <laughs> and also, any anybody that kind of gets in his way of getting his money, don't get with my money. The warden will, you know, step in and get you killed with Captain Hadley. There at the end, you kind of find out that Andy Dufresne is innocent, and the one person that is willing to testify to get him released. The warden pretty much gets him killed, takes him out to the yard and asks him about all of it and decides to get him killed after he confesses that, yes, he will testify against them. But speaking of corruption, he uses Andy for the most part to cook his books, as they say in the business, where you fudge all the financial information so that you don't have to pay taxes or this and that. Because Andy's doing all this, he gets in with the guards, and because Andy keeps, you know, having all those guys trying to rape him, the warden has Captain Hadley beat the shit out of the one guy. And basically, they say in the movie, I heard that he's now drinking through a straw. So, there's that part. Also, the big draw of this movie is that there is a great twist at the end. If you have not seen this movie, which I don't know who has not seen this movie, but spoiler alert, if you have not seen it, stop listening, skip over you know, a couple minutes. I might still be talking about this in a couple minutes, but you have been warned. At the end... You know, Andy escapes. The movie does a great job at making you think that Andy's going to kill himself at the end. They keep talking about being institutionalized. The first person that gets paroled in this movie is Brooks. And in prison, like Red was talking about earlier, he's somebody. He's important. He has friends. And on the outside, outside of the walls, outside of the fence, he's nobody. He's just an old man doesn't know anybody he means nothing and he becomes depressed and he ends up killing himself because he does not know how to function in this world he went into a prison when you know there was no cars around 
And now there are, and people are in too much of a rush nowadays. And he's just, it's not his world that he left behind when he went to prison. And ultimately that leads to him killing himself. Well, they keep talking about that. And after the warden kills the guy that is willing to testify in Andy's behalf, and he starts acting really funny, and Morgan Freeman's in there thinking that, well, he's going to end up killing himself. He even hears from another inmate that Andy asked for, I think, like six feet of rope. And after probably hearing from what, what happened to Brooks and stuff, thinks that he's probably going to end up killing himself. And it turns out that he doesn't when he doesn't come out for a roll call they go in there and they bring red in there and he gets that warren gets pissed off throwing rocks at everyone and ends up throwing a rock through one of the posters that Andy dufresne has up on his wall and it goes straight through and then you hear a rock tumbling throughout the walls and whatnot they lift up the poster and find out there's this huge ass hole in the wall and then morgan freeman then goes in talking about how Andy um, crawled through, I think it was like a couple football fields worth of shit. So I, th I thought that was a great movie. I think they did a great job at kind of deterring you from that ending. Because I know the first time I was watching this, I wasn't expecting him to escape. I mean, I was like younger, but still. They have all these different things that happens in the movie, which doesn't make you think that it's ever going to happen at the end so for the most part overall great storyline is one of the best stories out there uh, i know robbie didn't mention this but on imdb this is the highest rated movie when you go on their top 250 list this is at number one which is crazy because it's even passing star wars passes the godfather which is renowned throughout as one of the best movies ever so this right here according to imdb is the best movie that has been made thus far all right now going on to the green mile this story shows you to not judge a book by its cover you got this big strong black man who's accused of murdering these two little girls back then with the race issues that was going on, yeah, you see a big black guy covered with these two little girls' blood sitting there crying and stuff. You're instantly going to think he's the one that killed him, which you find out later that it wasn't. also thought this movie had a great use of storytelling. They have Tom Hanks' older self as an old man telling his friend about his time as a guard. And also, this has a good fantasy plot, which... You'll never see this with another movie, probably ever again. Like, why would you have any kind of fancy aspect to a prison movie? It, it's just not going to be done again because it makes no sense. But for this movie, it works out good. Also, I really like how they use the short man syndrome or Napoleon syndrome for Percy in the movie. Because Percy is this little tiny guy and he acts tough. That all goes back to, like, Napoleon Bonaparte. He was a short little guy, and because of that, he had to overcompensate for how people viewed him 
So he has to act tough. He has to act mean. I'm talking about Percy, that is. So people don't judge him on his size. So this leads him to abusing the prisoners. At the end, he ends up killing one through, you know, supernatural means, but he still ends up killing somebody. And also, he is responsible for a horrific death in this. One of the prisoners is to be executed, and you're supposed to put a sponge that has water in it on top of their head. That way, the current goes right to the brain. Well, this, he doesn't do that because he's, you know, an a-hole. So because of this, this guy has is basically being tortured before he dies. So saying that, he catches on fire and it's terrible. The warden makes a, con- a comment later on saying, you know, we'll probably not be able to get that smell out here for years. So overall, both are great movies. Both are getting a zero for me, but... If it came down to a draw at the end, I give the story for Shawshank a little bit of a better spot. It's a lot better, I feel like. Even though both are rated the same for me, Shawshank is the better story. Both of these movies here are very, very big classics to me. With Shawshank, I've loved this movie since the first time I've watched it, I've probably watched it a million times. The Green Mile, same way. I love this movie. The only thing that sucks a little bit about The Green Mile is it's a pretty long movie. But to me, this is another great example of a great long movie. Because if you're going to do a long movie, make sure it's great more than half the time from beginning to end. <laughs> and I think the Green Mile does it for most part. There are there are a couple times where it does drag, but overall I love the movie. Storylines compared to both of these movies, I think are really great. Green Mile's got more of a supernatural type feel of it. So and what's great about these two stories about these movies is that they're both from Stephen King the king of horror of anything. He's great with these movies. These two movies are great. I I didn't know that the same director directed both Shawshank and The Green Mile. But overall storylines, I think both stories are great. I give the net nudge a little bit more to Shawshank on storyline. I just love how at the end how he does that great big O escape and stuff, so Okay, Matt, why don't you go ahead and talk about the story a little bit? So, I'm going to be talking about the Green Mile. I have a special place in my heart for the Green Mile because it is by far one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a movie I can sit down and I can listen to, or I can, you know, do something else, or I can watch it intently, and no matter what, I will be entertained. And that we'll talk about that later. It is on the IMDb um, Top 100 Movies. It is rated number 40. It was nominated for four Oscars and countless other awards. As far as the story goes, I love it. It's absolutely... There's not a lot of holes. It's wonderful. It's supernatural. It's normal-ish. It's spectacular. 
there's an air of, you know, could this really happen? But it's still rooted in fantasy at some point. It's, I don't, there's a lot of words you can use to describe it. And I guess I I have to do that because we're doing a podcast right now. But truly, if you want to experience the Green Mile, don't listen to somebody talking about it. Go out and watch it because it's awesome. All right, and moving on to, well, not moving on, but just looking at Shawshank Redemption. I think Shawshank Redemption is by far my second favorite prison movie all time behind The Green Mile. You know, I enjoy Shawshank, but I don't enjoy it quite as much as The Green Mile. I think it's, story-wise, it's really well done. I think that the way the whole story pans out and the way that, you know, Red and Andy Dufresne, you know, interact with other characters... And the way that they, um, the way that the whole movie comes together is wonderful. But I think that it, it feels sometimes like there's something missing from Shawshank that, you know, that magical part. Whereas, I guess, no. No, I had a magical part. Uh, Andy Dufresne was pretty much magical in and of himself. That's it for. Story, I'm not going to really take a whole bunch off because it fits really well in the universe that they're portraying. All right, so moving on to the main acting. This is where I'm going to kind of take away some points. But I will get there when I get there, okay? Okay, so for the Shawshank Redemption... I have down for the main acting as Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. I would say Tim Robbins was the more of the main actor, but you see Morgan Freeman on screen more. At least I think you do. I never time them, but regardless. So I'm going to talk about Morgan Freeman first. He is the voice behind the movie. He does a great job at, like I said before, moving the movie along, making the story go. This is one of his best performances. He got an Oscar nomination for his performance. He, I don't think he won a award until he was in like Million Dollar Baby, I think. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. This is even one of Morgan Freeman's favorite films that he's ever been in, which I think is pretty cool. He does a great job at being the guy that gets everything. Also, he has a very, very good speech at the end of the movie when he is up for parole. I'll go ahead and play you that right now. Ellis Boyd Redding, if I'll say you've served 40 years of a life sentence, you feel you've been rehabilitated? Rehabilitated? Well, now, let me see. You know, I don't have any idea what that means. Well, it means you're ready to rejoin society. I know what you think it means, Sonny. To me, it's just a made-up word, a politician's word, so that young fellows like yourself can wear a suit and a tie and have a job. What do you really want to know? Am I sorry for what I did? Well, I... There's not a day goes by I don't feel regret. 
Not because I'm in here, because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then, a young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. I want to talk to him. I want to try to talk some sense to him. Tell him the way things are, but I can't. That kid's long gone, and this old man is all that's left. I gotta live with that. Rehabilitated, it's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I always really like seeing that part when it comes up in the movie. It's funny because in the beginning of the movie, he's up for parole and, you know, he's trying to sing all the right things and at the end he gets denied. So basically when he's like, well, I don't give a shit anymore, you know, go ahead and do what the hell you want. Then they let him go. It's, it's just funny. <laughs> With uh, Tim Robbins, I thought he did a great job at making himself seem really intelligent. He also is pretty quiet in the movie. And it also made you think that he's kind of calculating every move he's about ready to make. Uh, like such as, you know, getting beers for his inmates. He's overhearing the guards talking about Captain Hadley's problems when he's getting this money and he thinks the government's going to take them all. So, you know, he steps in and is like, well, if you give to your wife and you can trust her, you know, you can keep that money. You get a one-time deal. And that kind of leads him into getting into it with the guards, with the warden, and getting to where he's doing everyone's taxes, cooking the books, and basically getting protection from the guards from all the rapists. Also, he does also a lot of good things for the prison, such as getting books for the library. Very persistent, and just very intelligent, calculating person, it feels like. And also did a great job at seeming like he was crawling through a bunch of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Now with Tom Hanks, I did take off .25 for this. He did a great job in this movie. This is one of the upper performances for him, I feel like. He did a great job at showing that he cared for the other prisoners, and it's just a good Tom Hanks performance. But one thing I could not get past was... The I'm coming face that he does throughout the entire movie. In the beginning of the movie, he has a bladder infection and it causes him a lot of pain when he's going to the bathroom. But when you're in pain, you cringe. You doesn't. You don't look like you're like ah. Oh. You know, you just you don't you don't look like that. I'm sorry. And then at the end, when John Coffee. Like the drink, but spelled differently. He touches his hand. He, he gets a little bit of John Coffee in him and stuff. And while he's viewing what Wild Bill had did to them kids, he's sitting there making that I'm coming face again. So you, if I would have dubbed this in, it would have worked perfectly. He gets... Touch my hand, he's going, ha, 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 You know, that, that would have that would dubbed in perfectly. Just saying. So, for that, I had to take off some points because every time I see that kind of cringe, I just don't care for that. 
Everything else in the movie, great. There is enough movie with him, enough screen time with him, I should say, where that should dilute that. But at the end of the day, I have to take off some points for that just because, like I said, I hate when that part comes on. So, Strawshank gets a zero. That gets .25 off. For the acting main, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman kind of shared a starring role. I guess, you know, for some reason when I was younger, I always kind of looked at Tim Robbins as the first star and Morgan Freeman being second. But, you know, for the Academy, they nominated Morgan Freeman in the Best Actor category. So I kind of feel like these two characters split the main starring roles. They, you know, they share it. And I thought Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman do an amazing job in this film, knock it out of the park. And like I said, Morgan Freeman was up for an Oscar. It's one of Morgan Freeman's, I think, best acted roles among many, many films, amazing films that he's done. I couldn't take off zero points for The Shawshank Redemption. For the acting main in The Green Mile, Tom Hanks pretty much is the main actor. And Tom Hanks does what he, Tom Hanks does. He puts on a great, acting job for this role it's one of my favorite tom hank roles and among many with him i mean we're talking about a guy that's got a great <laughs> career of making amazing films i couldn't take off any points for tom hanks in the green mile so i have both films at a zero with main acting the main acting on both of them i mean green mile you got tom hanks i mean you can't go wrong with tom hanks what's, what's funny about this showdown is Back when Shawshank came out back in the 90s, that year for the Oscars, uh, Tom Hanks' Forrest Gump outbeat at Shawshank for, I believe it was Best Actor, I think. So, Shawshank didn't win any of the, of the Oscars, and Tom Hanks' Forrest Gump stole it that year from it, so I thought it was kind of funny that we're putting this Sh Shawshank against the Green Mile with Tom Hanks in it, but... I think if the Green Mile was going up against Shawshank back in the 90s, definitely I, Shawshank should, I think it should have beat it. I still question still with Forrest Gump. Don't get me wrong, Forrest Gump's a classic. I love Forrest Gump too, and that's a really tough one for me. I really can't tell you which one I could have gave that, that Oscar to, because even that Forrest Gump is a great movie. But anyways, getting off subject there. Main acting in both of them, great. The main acting, you've got Tom Hanks, who was impressive. They said in some of the scenes that Michael Clark Duncan, who plays John Coffey, as he was on camera giving an Oscar-winning performance, Tom Hanks was off-camera giving the same style performance, but completely in character. He wasn't even in costume or anything, just acting wonderfully. You have David Morse, who plays Brutal. You see him elsewhere. I, I really enjoyed the main acting. I'm not going to be able to take anything off for that either. The main actors, Shawshank Redemption. You have Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne. Morgan Freeman as Red. And for the main acting, I think Tim Robbins played extremely well. You never knew if he really did it or not. You never knew... 
exactly what was on Andy Dufresne's mind. So it was kind of cool having that mystery there. And Morgan Freeman's always playing the stoic black man. And in this whole story, Morgan Freeman narrates throughout everything. And that's the way the whole story went, pretty much. And I guess we're going to hear a whole bunch of those throughout this whole movie. Or this podcast. Okay, so now moving on to the supporting acting. For Shawshank, I believe that the supporting actors are Bob Gunton, Clancy Brown, and I also have to give a shout-out to James Whitmore. Even though I don't think you know he's one of the supporting actors, he's more of like a plot device, but I have to give a shout-out to his performance because I thought his performance was great. It's one of the highlights of the movie, I feel like, but I'll get to that in a minute. So Bob Gunton, who plays the warden, did a great job at making this character an asshole for the most part. It showed him as very corrupt, and the character will go at any lengths to make money even killing a person. And at the end, his death was welcomed, I feel like. But going back to how he's kind of an asshole, after he kills that guy who's going to testify for Andy, he pretty much, you know, tells Andy, like, you will do what I say, or I'm going to make your life a living hell, no more protection, no more this, and throws Andy into the whole or solitary for a couple months all right there i mean that is a dick move and this guy just his performance for this spot on i always love it when there's an actor out there if the character is written like really badly as as like a bad guy and this character is able to get that and more i always think that that's awesome with Clancy Brown, who plays Captain Hadley. I believe that he is the most memorable supporting character in this movie. He always, every time he's on the screen, it's like, oh God, what is he going to do next? Who is he going to beat up? Who is he going to kill? Did a great job at acting cruel. Also did a great job as, you know, being the warden's right-hand man. And also did a great lot of physical acting because... He had to beat a lot of prisoners with the clubs and stuff. And he's the lines that he gave out when he's yelling at people were just great. In the beginning of the movie, when all the prisoners are coming in, they all bet on him, like, who's going to start crying first? So they go fishing at night. And he comes in there and yells at this fat guy, you know, calling him a tub of lard and everything, and just starts wailing on him with his billy club. And it's just... It's Pretty good acting for the most part. <laughs> okay, so now on to James Whitmore. I really liked his character. I thought he did a great job at making you feel sorry for this old guy. He has this really, really good scene at the end when he gets released from prison when he kills himself. So I'll go ahead and play the, the clip. Dear fellas... I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. I saw an automobile once when I was a kid, but now they're everywhere. 
The world went and got itself in a big damn hurry. The parole board got me into this halfway house called the Brewer and a job bagging groceries at the foodway. It's hard work and I try to keep up, but my hands hurt most of the time. Make sure your man double bags. Last time he didn't double bag and the bottom near came out. Make sure you double bag like the lady says, understand? Yes, sir, surely will. I don't think the store manager likes me very much. Sometimes after work, I go to the park and feed the birds. I keep thinking Jake might just show up and say hello, but he never does. I hope wherever he is, he's doing okay and making new friends. I have trouble sleeping at night. I have bad dreams, like I'm falling. I wake up scared. Sometimes it takes me a while to remember where I am. Maybe I should get me a gun and, and rob the foodway so they'd send me home. I could shoot the manager while I was at it, sort of like a, a bonus. I guess I'm too old for that sort of nonsense anymore. I don't like it here. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I've decided not to stay. I doubt they'll kick up any fuss. Not for an old crook like me. Every time that scene comes on at the end, I don't care who you are, you're going to get sad. It's just, you feel you feel sorry for this guy. And it's like, you know, it, they you should ask him, be like, do you want to stay here? And he should say yes, but doesn't. And like I said before, he does a great job at showing how someone can become institutionalized. He's there his entire life, his adult life for the most part. And he basically, at, before he gets released, he tries to kill that um, William Sadler guy, I think that's what his name is, with a knife, threat, you know, threatening to kill him. That way, if he does, they would let him stay there. And as you heard in the clip, you know, he's thinking like, well, maybe I'll rob the store and then I'll kill the manager as a bonus. I thought that was really good. And it's just sad at the end when he ends up killing himself. And he writes up there on the beam, Brooks was here. And at the end, you think Morgan Freeman's going to end up doing the same thing because he gets pretty much like the same setup. But he ends up like, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go see Andy. So moving on to The Green Mile. Or as Robbie has said earlier, the Yellow Mile, because this movie does deals with a lot of piss, a lot of pee. Tom Hanks deals with pee a lot, and so does Percy Wetmore. He wets himself. So this movie, I also had to take off 0.254, and this is mainly due to Michael Clark Duncan. Now, my biggest problem with Michael Clark Duncan, I, I I need to first say that I thought he did a good job for the most part. When he was delivering his lines and stuff, he did great acting. But I had to take off for when he was giving, healing people, the whole, most of his acting was him coughing or acting like he's going to throw up. I, I just, 
wasn't really too impressed with that. But when he's actually giving dialogue, great. But I just didn't care for the... <laughs> and all those little, like, spirit flies or... He's throwing up bug flies things. I don't know what the hell they are. But every time that comes out, I, just, I don't care for it. Don't care for it at all. Uh, another character, or another actress, Dave Morris, that plays Brutal. I thought he did a great job. He tried to make the character, or the prisoners die happy and with a little dignity with the one French guy, or I forget what his name is, the guy that had Mr. Jinx. He was telling him, like, yeah, when you go, we'll, we'll take, you know, Mr. Jinx, and we'll take him and send him down to Florida and try to make him, you know, die with a good thought which I thought was really cool. And he did the character really well. Now, the next person is Doug, uh, Doug Hutchinson, who plays Percy. This guy did great. It made me hate his guts. It, Like I've said before, it's always great when an actor is able to make you despise someone so well, and he just does it. He played this guy great as being cruel whiny and bitchy it's like well my sister or my aunt will hear about this and you're gonna be sorry and one of the best moments in the movie is when he gets grabbed and he starts pissing his pants and he's all like don't you tell anybody about this or my Aunt's gonna hear about it, and she's gonna have your jobs. Always thought he kind of had a little bit of fancy sounding to his voice, but you know his name's Percy, so there you go. But overall, I did have to take off point two five, just for the whole <laughs> that was constantly. It's funny every time he he would give someone a healing power and throw up those flies. He'd always sit back down, turn to his right, and go to sleep. Always. Turn to right, sleep. Every single time. They could have recorded that just once and then replay it time and time again. I would not have known any difference for the most part. Uh, for acting, supporting of Shawshank Redemption, I feel like it was... It's a little tough picking the supporting roles for both of these films, but for Shawshank Redemption, I went with Bob Gutton, who plays the warden, Norton, and William Sadler, who's one of the inmates, and Cl uh, Clancy Brown, who plays the ever-despising Captain Brian Hadley. <laughs> I thought all three of these guys does a great job, very convincing. You really despise Bob Gunton as the warden and Clancy Brown as the you know head chief of the guards. It really, watching these films, you, you just could not wait to see these guys get what they had coming. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they make you really hate their characters, and I thought they did a great job. I couldn't take off anything for the supporting acting in Shawshank Redemption. Now, for the Green Mile, I have Michael Clark Duncan as the main supporting actor because he did receive a 
Oscar nomination, but I also added David Morse and James Cromwell, who played Brutus Howe and the Warden. Respect These guys all did a phenomenal job, especially Michael Clark Duncan, who played John Coffey, who was accused of raping and murdering those two girls. And who turns out to have the special powers, healing powers. He can bring Mr. Jingles back to life and heal <laughs> Tom Hanks' bladder problem. <laughs> I thought it was funny that Zach there, they called it the Yellow Mile. <laughs> and automatically I assumed he had to refer to how Tom Hanks' uh, character Paul Edgecombe has the bladder problem and uh, the character Percy Wet Wetmore, <laughs> who pees on himself. So, I have those characters there as the supporting acting, and I thought they did a phenomenal job. You really um, felt sympathy for Michael Clark Duncan's John Coffey, and another character that I could add it to supporting actor was the Doug Hutchison, who plays Percy. I mean, you're talking about a character that you despise and hate. This guy sums it up. You look up villain or <laughs> in a lot in a dictionary, you're gonna find a picture of Percy Wetmore. <laughs> you just despise this guy. But I thought these guys all did great acting in this film. I couldn't take off any points. Supporting actor. That's another one for both of them. Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. He just steals the show to me. There's so many scenes with Morgan Freeman. They're just classic moments. I love it at the end where he's sitting down with a group of the, the board people. You know, they're, they're asking him if he's, you know, learned, basically learned his lesson and agreed to what, what he did was wrong and has he moved forward, blah, blah, blah. That scene there with Morgan Freeman is, is always a scene I remember from Shawshank. And then, and then, and, um, Green Mile got the actor that's playing uh, Percy. He does. He makes you, he makes you hate his guts in this movie. There's at times where I'm like, well, somebody just knock him out, which he gets his in that movie. He finally karma comes his way, I guess you could say. <laughs> Supporting actors, you've got James Cromwell as the warden. You've got Michael Jeter as Delacroix. Percy's played by Doug Hutchinson, and he plays absolutely wonderfully because he makes you want to punch him in the face in every single moment. Sam Rockwell, the wonderful Sam Rockwell as Wild Bill, who was amazing. I mean, you can't... I thought he... I mean, at some points he can be a little bit over the top, but he's still amazing. Barry Pepper as Dean Stanton, and Jeffrey DeMunn, Dale from The Walking Dead, is playing, well, I forget his name in the in the Green Mile, but it's, it's good to see him. He has something in common with the Shawshank Redemption. He also plays the DA in uh, 1946 in the Shawshank Redemption. So... I don't really think I have anything to take off for supporting acting. I thought they all came together very well in supporting, which is what they're supposed to do, the main actors or the top billing actors. But 
Moving on from there for Shawshank, we go into the sport supporting actors. You have Bob Gunton as the warden, and you see him pretty much everywhere. He's a really good, really good actor. He really cranks out what he does very well. Um, you have William Sadler as Haywood, and we saw him as well in The Green Mile. You've got Clancy Brown as Captain Hadley, and he's everywhere nowadays as well, too. And finally, you have Jeffrey DeMunn making a cross-performance between here and the Green Mile. He was the DA in 1946. I think the supporting cast did really well. I think they all helped out very well. I think they all had their place in the story, and they you know, perform those roles to the exact point that they should have. I mean, they didn't go over the top and they didn't overshadow the actual actors themselves. I think, I think for supporting actors, I'm going to have to take a quarter point off just because Green Mile had some really amazing supporting actors that helped to completely flesh out the universe. Whereas it seemed like the Shawshank Redemption characters are more like cardboard cutouts of characters placed in scenes. They they don't really interact with the two main actors on a, any other level than the superficial level. And you don't see them doing any sort of character building with the supporting actors. Okay, so now moving on to the score, or the cinema score. Both movies are going to get a little taken off. I know I'm finally starting to take off something for Shawshank. So with Shawshank, I took off .25. Just for the fact that, you know, it's something I can't really hum, but when the movie is on, I can recognize it. It does a great job at driving the scenes, along with Martin Freeman's voice, that is. But going back to like the scene with Brooks and stuff, the music that's played during that is very memorable. Like I said, I can't hum it, but if that was playing with that voiceover and stuff, I would instantly know that is the Shawshank Redemption. Again, it's very, like, it's, a lot of it's like kind of like emotional soundtrack scores whatever you would have to say i i thought overall it was really good now with the green mile i had to take a 0.5 for this because i really honestly cannot remember a single thing and i just watched this movie the other day i cannot remember any part of it so so shawshank 0.25 and the green mile is 0.5 for the cinema score uh both films have pretty good scores and they both was actually nominated for in a couple score categories at the Academy. Uh, they're not memorable scores that you can hum to. You know, I can't hum to it like I can't Star Wars or some horror films. You know, it's not, you know, a type of score that I could probably hear and pinpoint to, you know, oh, that's got to be the Green Mile score. You know, I couldn't do that with it if I heard someone played it to me. But when you do watch the film, you do feel like these are pretty powerful scores that, you know, goes pretty good with the story. And so for the scores of Shawshank and the Green Bar, I took off both .25. So if you're keeping up so far, I got these films dead even. <laughs> okay, so for 
special effects for the Shawshank Redemption. There really wasn't a ton just for that aspect. I had to take out 0.25. But what it did have like the tunneling and him crawling through the poop and stuff. All that, you know, is practical effects. And I thought that was really great. Like for all I know, that was poop that he was crawling through. So I thought that was done really well. Also with him carrying out the dirt through his pants and stuff, I thought that was also pretty good also. And for the special effects of Shawshank, I would have gave this a perfect score, but one little thing. But I'll get to that last. Keep you waiting. So one of the really cool things was when Percy did not wet the sponge and the guy fried to death. The special effects was really good on that, I feel like. The body was lighting up and catching on fire and smoke. and uh, You can just imagine what the smell is. When you can imagine what the smell is, you know that the special effects that are being used for that is right on key. Also, the use of Mr. Jinx. I thought that was great. Great animal training. That was really good. And also the use of lights when John Coffey would use his power on people. The lights would flicker. Uh, when the one guy dies, when he's getting electrocuted, lights start getting really bright because he's feeling the pain. John Coffey is. And when John Coffey gets, you know, his death sentence carried out, you know, lights in the room bust out because of all the energy that's getting emitted from him. I thought that was really cool. But as I said before, one thing I didn't like about Michael Clark Duncan was, you know, the puking crap that he did throughout the whole movie. I thought that the CGI or just the effect itself of the bugs coming out when he's like... I, I didn't care for that. And because of that, I had to take some points off. I really didn't want to take any points off for that because I felt like they did... A good job using what they could, but I just don't like that. It's like every time they'd come on, I'd kind of like, I don't know. And also all the pee, but eh, that doesn't really count for this. Uh, for special effects, both films, uh, you know, there's not really great, great special. F I mean, like, you know, there's not a lot of special effects in these films. Like, you don't see you know a lot of action scenes it's not that kind of movie there's not blood it's not a horror film you don't see blood and gore you know, it's not a sci-fi film with great special effects or anything like that they're 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 drama films so i mean there's not a lot of special effects in it but, i mean you do see some there's a couple scenes in shawshank couple in green mile like you know the execution and all that but you know there's there's really not a lot of effects in it but what is in it is is great so you can't really dock anything from it so I took off zero for that. The only place I'm going to be able to take points off is for special effects. Though it is a an older movie, by CG standards, a lot of the CG effects seem very copy and paste, so I'm going to have to take .125 off. What's there isn't really integral to the narrative. I mean, it could have been simple as painting something onto the frame. They really didn't have to go CG. I think it would have carried the same weight. 
but the magic is in the acting or, you know, what was going on, not the effect. They use some special effects, but for the most part, it's, you know, what's implied. There's heavy usage of light to convey, you know, something magical is going on. Um, as far as special effects go, or Shawshank, I can't take points off for not having special effects because I don't, there weren't a whole bunch of, you know, what you would consider, um, special effects. There weren't a whole bunch of, you know, over the top, awesome, you know, huge shots. It was just very practical, very, you know, one, two, three, here's your shot and, I mean, we could go with makeup as special effects. Those, the makeup looked really well whenever Andy was beat up or whenever somebody was being hurt. All right, so moving on to entertainment-wise, entertainment value, Shawshank, I gave this a zero off. It is a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, but it doesn't feel like it because the story is so good with the narration and everything. There's always something going on with the movie. And it doesn't get boring at all. So I couldn't take anything off for it. Now, Green Mile, it is a great, entertaining movie, but it is way too long. It's over three hours long. I think it's three hours and nine minutes long. I think there could have been about 30 minutes cut from the movie. There were a lot of scenes I feel like, you know, they didn't really need to have. But, you know, it is what it is. There are, there are plenty of really long movies out there that keep your attention, but I I've, I saw myself kind of fading away with this movie here and there. But, I mean, there would always be something that would happen that, you know, capture your attention again. But, like I said, about 30 minutes should have been cut from this. Um, Like, one, one of the things is, is when they're practicing their routine that they're going to have when they electrocute someone these guys have been working this for a long time they don't need the practice and the whole scene where the guy's kind of joking around making light of the whole thing i wasn't really necessary for the story that right there is one thing that could have been cut but for the most part both movies very good entertainment wise Shawshank is just the better film for that, I feel. Now, for the entertainment value, these are both very long films, especially The Green Mile. I mean, The Green Mile is almost nearly an hour longer than Shawshank. But these stories are so powerful and so compelling, and the characters are so amazing. The actors do such a great job. You can rewatch these two films quite a bit, even with how long they are very so they're and, and when you're watching them you're just glued from the get-go i mean the moment it comes on to the moment it goes off these films gotcha so i couldn't take off anything for entertainment value as far as the entertainment value i touched on that earlier that the entertainment value is wonderful it's a wonderfully told narrative through the eyes of an old man talking to a woman who he sees in the nursing home that they're at, and it's quite, quite wonderful. 
And it's it's a movie you can put on and you can listen to it, you can watch it, you can sit down with your wife and watch it or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your significant other and you can watch it or you can put it on and forget about it. It's something, just something entertaining and it's long, it's horribly long, but it doesn't lose you, which is amazing. So overall, I'm going to have to give the Green Mile, a 9.875. And, yeah, that's that's about all I had to say about that. As far as entertainment value for Shawshank, it's a wonderful movie you can pop on. You know, if you got a whole bunch of friends over and you're discussing great movies, there's always going to be somebody in the crowd that hasn't seen Shawshank. And then everybody's like, well, put it on, let's do this. So... I really I really enjoyed Shawshank. I really enjoy it every time I've seen it and I've seen it probably about 200 times now. So overall I think my rating is going to have to be 9.75 for Shawshank Redemption just because they're the supporting actors as you know they they didn't interact too much with the main actors but they didn't help to flesh out the universe completely. So, I mean, other than that, I do, I do love it, and my wife loves it, and we watch it all the time. Okay, so we've made it to our last category, which is rewatchability. For Shawshank, I gave this a zero because I've seen this movie at least 15 times. I find something really new every time I watch this movie. Uh, for example, I never really noticed, or at least I think I probably forgot about it, at the end when Andy Dufresne's acting really funny and Red thinks he's going to kill himself and he hears that he's asked for you know six feet length of rope. And just the expression on Morgan Freeman's face at the end is like, oh my God, is he dead in there? I didn't really pick up on that before for some reason i don't know why but it's good when you watch a movie and you find these little nuggets of something that you've never really noticed before i always really enjoyed that and that makes you want to rewatch this movie again just be like is there something else i didn't notice before now with the green mile this is a great movie but it's not something I'm going to watch a lot because I felt like it took a little bit more effort to sit down and watch this movie just for the fact that it is so, so, so long. You know, I I, I, I know Robbie's going to be like, oh, I don't agree with that, but I, I would sit down and watch The Return of the King before I watch this movie again. That movie's like three and a half hours long. There are slow parts, but it keeps your attention way more than this movie, I feel like. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Green Mile. So for overall, I took 0.25 off that. Like I said, there are a lot of good things, a lot of really entertaining parts in this movie. But at the end of the day, you got to take off some points for the fact that it is ungodly long for the story. And for rewatchability... Same thing with Shawshank. You know, it's it's a typical two-hour, twenty-two-minute movie, which is pretty average for a drama film. 
but it's so good you can rewatch this movie over and over every year. Now, so I took off zero for the Shawshank. Now for the Green Mile. Even though I feel this movie is very entertaining and I could rewatch it quite a bit, it does clock in at three hours and eight minutes. So now, I mean, don't get me wrong. If if I'm flipping through channels and it's on, I could watch a little bit of it here and there. But to sit down and watch this movie over and over for three, you know, it being at three hours and eight minutes, I couldn't do that. But it still is a great movie that I could watch probably at least once a year. But I couldn't watch it as long as Shawshank, mainly just because it's nearly an hour longer than Shawshank. So I took off .25 for the Green Mile, and it's just mainly. It's not because it's not entertaining, it's just it's just too long of a film. But even though it is three hours, it doesn't really feel like it is just because it's that great and that good. You know, these are two very great films. So I couldn't take away too much points from either one of these films. They're just amazingly well put together, well scripted. Uh, I think director Frank Darabont did an amazing job with both of these films casting to... The screenplays. So if you've been tallying up. Also let's give a shout out to the rat that played Mr. Jingles. <laughs> There's a supporting cast member we didn't talk about. <laughs> per, poor, poor Mr. Jingles. Got stomped on by Percy. Okay so we're going to do the final ratings here. And then I'm going to give a brief description on my final thought on both of these films. My final rating for The Shawshank Redemption is a 9.75. This is an amazing film. Highly recommend it. It is a shame it didn't win Oscar. For The Green Mile, I gave a 9.50. So, the winner for me is The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> so, both of these films have such amazing crafted screenplays, amazing casts, characters you hate and despise, characters you love and care about, powerful movie messages, they both show you how evil and cruel the world can be while also showing you this world can be humane. The End of Green Mile has more heart to it I think as far as it being heartbreaking and emotional. But the realism and compelling story that Shawshank offers is a timeless classic. It's a shame both these films didn't win an Oscar at the Academy, but both did win the respect and love from critics and moviegoers. In the end, the difference to, for me comes down to the duel of Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman and, and how amazing they were together on screen. And that Green Mile is just nearly an hour longer. The Green Mile, like I said, gets an impressive 9.5 for me. And Shawshank just barely edges it out with a 9.75. So there it is. That's my opinion. I barely give the edge to Shawshank Redemption. It is no way a hands-down victory. It is a barely scathing from the wrath <laughs> kind of victory. It's kind of how I felt about Scream and Halloween. So, with... And another thing, too, with these two movies is that 
Green Mile is a supernatural type movie to it. And then Shawshank's just straight drama, serious movie. There's no supernatural to Shawshank. But, yeah, so there's slightly difference, but to me, I don't think it's a by far winner to this. To me, I, I think that both movies are great. Scores-wise, I'd have to put Shawshank at a 9.25, and The Green Mile about an 8.75. So, a little bit of a difference, but... Still, both movies are great to me. I know a lot of people out there would probably wouldn't put a showdown with Green Mile or the Shawshank, but more of the Escape from um, uh, of the older classic movies. But I think I think the Green why why I picked the Green Mile is just because. To me, Green Mile is just a great, great movie. A great and about prison movie. And I thought Shawshank would be um, a good comparable movie. Because to me, I just think Green Mile is, is, is up there too. It's a great movie. Well, like I said, it's a pretty long movie, but there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of great there's a lot of great storyline to the Green Mile. There's a lot of sad moments too that Still, I mean, they really get to me when they're executing the uh, actor, I can't remember his name, who passed away. When they're at the end, he's crying and Tom Hanks comes up and shakes his hand and stuff like that. That scene is so sad. But, um, yeah, for me, the winner is Shawshank at a 9.25, so Shawshank is the winner for me. Alright, so for me, at the end of the day, both movies very, very good. Shawshank, I feel, is a lot better. So my final score for Shawshank is 9.5. This is probably going to be one of the higher ratings I'm going to give on here. I like to be a little, a little tough, I guess. I don't know. I tried to find some things to take off for, which, you know, I found, you know, 0.25 here and 0.25 there. I mean, you know, the, the score and stuff, you know, you can't give 0 0.0 off just for the fact that it's no Indiana Jones or Star Wars. You know, you can't go, you know, I got that on top of my, top of my head, so. Or Indiana Jones. I got those down. <laughs> those those are your point zero off. But like I said, you know that did move it. So point or nine point five final score for the Shawshank Redemption. Now for the Green Mile, I gave this an eight point two five. I had a conversation with Robbie last week saying, you know, you know, Shawshank is a hands down winner. And he's like, oh, there's no way, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, for me, you, you can tell with my scores here that for, for me, Shawshank is the hands down winner. But, so overall, the overall winner, when you put all the scores and combine them, 
Shawshank Redemption is victorious. Shawshank is the winner. Has gotten his redemption, and through his redemption, it wins the showdown. The Green Mile was a mile away. So, now moving on to our question of the week. So, this week, our question is, who would you rather have as your prison guard? Captain Hadley or Percy Wetmore? Now, for me, this is kind of a harder question because there's different things to tie in here. With Captain Hadley, if you're not on his good side... He will not feel bad if he beats you to death and kills you. But if you're on his good side, he can protect you. So there lies the dilemma. Now with Percy, if you're behind the bars, he can do anything to you. He can be cruel to you. He can spray down with the hose. He could bust your knuckles with his billy club. Or if you're getting electrocuted, he can make you have one horrible death. Live out your last moments in excruciating agony. But if you can get your hands on him, he melts like butter. He freezes up. He pisses on himself. So both have their pros and cons with which to go with. So, I want to say Captain Hadley, I would rather have him as my prison guard if I can get on his good side. And if I can get that kind of protection Andy Dufresne had with him, I would be good to go. But, when I think things through, I'd have to say I'd rather have Percy as my guard because if I can get my hands on him, you know, he's done. He's a short little man. Yeah, he has, you know, his big boy britches on, but at the end of the day, I could overpower him, you know, easy. So I have to go with Percy. I thought I was going to go with Captain Hadley, but, you know, Percy it is for me. So with the Captain Hadley character, he's kind of more physically intimidating you know, from his size and appearance, and he's like the warden's puppet. You know, anything the warden tells him to do, he does it. You gotta shoot a prisoner dead, you shoot a prisoner dead. <laughs> With uh, Doug Hutchison's character, Percy Wetmore, who doesn't like Dale or Mr. Jingles. Poor Mr. Jingles. He's, uh, you know, he's little, he's scrawny, he's a weak little wimp, he's a coward, but he's sadistic. This guy is evil at his core. All he cares about is seeing these prisoners on death row suffer. He's got no remorse for them. Uh, this guy's just pure evil and needs to be locked behind bars himself. It's tough picking between the two on who would I rather stay in. You know, I kind of want to look and see, you know, think about which one I'd have the better chance of survival. Um... In the end, I think I'm going to go with I'd rather stay with Percy. Because even though he's evil and conniving and 
unremorseful and and sadistic, but at least he's a little scrawny uh, wimp. Where Captain Hadley in the Shawshank Redemption, this guy just wants to beat the hell out of you, you know. And he's physically intimidating, and he's the warden's puppet, you know. If the warden doesn't like you, you're probably going to be at the hands of a lot of beatings from this guy. <laughs> and you might even get killed. Um, you know, but you know, with Captain Hadley, you're just kind of in a normal, pr normal prison where Percy's working at a death row prison where these prisoners are waiting to be executed. So I kind of was just looking more at, okay, let's take Percy out of that kind of prison and put him in a normal prison like Captain Hadley's working at. So in that sense, I think I would take my chances more with Percy, even though in his hands you're probably doomed to. <laughs> this guy's not going to wet the sponge <laughs> before executing him. <laughs> oh, man. It was great to see, in the end, what became of Percy. You just hated him. Now, between the two, uh, who I despised more, it was definitely Percy. I just, watching the Green Mile, you just wanted to get your hands on Percy and, and kill this guy. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on that. For me, I would have to go with Captain Hadley just because he seems like he's more, more with it. Then Percy. Percy just seems like he's crazy in the head and the Green Mall where he doesn't wet that sponge when they're executing that guy in the chair. He does a lot of things and he just makes you hate his guts. He seems like he's a sneaky, sneaky little rat that you just don't know what he could be up to. You don't know what he's going to do to you. If he doesn't like you or something, he could do the same thing to you. Who knows what he will do? It just seems like... Captain Hadley, he just seems like he's really tough, strong, tall man where you just, do, you just don't want to mess with him. As long as you do what you're told, nothing's going to probably happen to you with, with the captain. But with Percy, it, it could be something stupid. He's a sneaky rat. He could pull anything, get you killed inside your cell. He'd come in and hang you in the middle of the night, make it look like you did suicide. So, I would, for me, I would go more, I'd rather have Captain Hadley as my prison guard if I was in prison so alright so those were our questions so they were kind of mixed so moving on to our last and final little bit of stuff we like to end each podcast with our movie pitches slash movie trailers so this week our actor that we have picked to be in the movie trailer or pitch is Jim Carrey in a prison film. So we'll go ahead and let Matt go first and then we'll see what Brian came up with. If I were to pitch a movie that was starring Jim Carrey and was in a similar vein as The Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption. So a prison movie starring Jim Carrey. I think I would have to have his secondary cast member, you know, his his side man would have to definitely be Steve Buscemi. And it would be kind of a comedy drama. And Jim Carrey would be a man much like Andy Dufresne 
who you never know if he's really done it or not. And he shows up in prison, and Steve Buscemi is another man who was who he believes he's been falsely accused and he's been falsely convicted. So he's in there and he's he's showing Jim Carrey the ropes and it turns out that they're both trying to find out a way to work the legal system to to get out. And it turns out that, you know, Jim Carrey and Steve Buscemi are... Steve befriends Jim a lot and eventually they um, through some weird twist of fate Jim actually finds a way to get Steve out and they get him out and then Steve does absolutely nothing for Jim and he's left to finish out his sentence inside the prison as dark as that sounds it would work because it would have a whole bunch of physicalness and you let Jim Carrey roam around and do his thing and then add Steve Buscemi on it and it's absolutely wonderful hello there so I have my movie pitch this week I think it's a pretty interesting one, and it would be a great movie to watch. So my movie stars Jim Carrey in a prison movie. So I have the movie called The Chair. And basically the backdrop of the story is Jim Carrey is sentenced to death in prison to get the electric chair. So something happens to where... He has to, he get he repeats the same day over and over again, and that day is the day he gets electrocuted on the electric chair. So every day he's trying to escape this prison. So every time he gets an electric chair, gets killed, it he goes straight back to that morning when he wakes up. So the more he continues the days. He's figuring out more and more, putting pieces together, how to escape this prison. So after the hundredth and hundredth, hundredth day of him trying, trying, the guards dragging him back to the chair to get electrocuted. He goes back to the previous day. So eventually Jim Carrey figures out a way to escape the prison. But the twist is... He thinks he gets escapes, but then it goes back to the other day, to where he doesn't escape. So, in this movie, I have Jim Carrey's a star. I have a couple of the guards here. I'm thinking maybe Tom Hanks could have a little cameo in it, and then maybe another guard... Could be maybe Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I don't know. So I thought it would be an interesting story. To give you kind of a edge of tomorrow. Meets maybe the Green Mile or Shawshank's Redemption. So I thought it would be cool to give you kind of a serious movie with Jim Carrey. To where 
He's trying to figure out a way to escape out of prison to avoid getting killed by the electric chair, but yeah, I thought it'd be a pretty good movie, so that is my movie pitch of the week. Alright, so here is my movie pitch. Dot, dot, dot. Coming to a theaters near you in October. A new comedy like you've never seen before. Jim Carrey stars as your everyday prison guard until he is cursed by an inmate. This causes him to lose control of his mind. Saying everything that comes to mind. New in the building? Yeah, I just moved in Monday. Oh, you like it so far? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's because you have big jugs. I mean, your boobs are huge. I mean, I want to squeeze them. <sighs> Mama! You may think things are pretty bad for Jim Carrey's character, but things get worse. Soon later, he has trouble just speaking. The color of this pen is... <laughs> the color of this pen is... <laughs> Eventually, he loses the ability to speak at all. <laughs> Desperate to find a cure, he goes and searches for a witch doctor, going up to him and saying, <laughs> Will Jim Carrey ever find a cure? Check this movie out this coming October to find out. This movie is also starring Charlie Day as co-guard and Danny DeVito as the witch doctor. All right, everyone. Next up is Robbie's movie pitch from last week. We didn't make him have to come up with one for this week. So here's Robbie with last week's movie pitch. All right, this is Box Office Robbie, and this is my movie pitch trailer of the week. Here we go. He's not brilliant. He's mad, I tell you. Mad! From director Guillermo del Toro comes this chilling adaptation of Mary Shelley's gothic novel. A scientist traveling through the land of Transylvania discovers a monstrous discovery. Who is that? Whose grave is this? I believe we have just found the resting place of Frankenstein's monster. Oh. 
He's breathing. He's alive. The monster is alive. It was his greatest discovery, but his biggest mistake. What is he after? Whom is he looking for? He's searching for his bride. Benedict Cumberbatch, Elijah Wood, Keanu Reeves, Susan Sarandon, and Mickey Rourke is The Monster in theaters November 27th. The greatest love story to never be told. Okay, everyone, that is it for this week. So follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.